You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. All right, let's go. All right, we're going to need a little bit more effort out of Dak tonight, you know. Holidays no, that had meaning behind us. it. It had meaning. Soft, subtle, but it had meaning behind it. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. All right. And go we shall into uh, the final, well, I don't know. Is that true? Is it our final show of 2022? I don't know. I don't even know what, is it? We, it's almost Christmas, I think. Yes, this will be our final podcast of 2022 which is kind of bananas that is uh, weird. before we move into 2023 and uh, whatever the world has in store for us there. But here we go, folks. Welcome to Drink and Think with Dak and Dave. We're excited that you're here. We're here to talk about fear, life, and sports in uh, whatever order that happens to pop into our minds. So just hang out, drink a couple brewskis, solve a couple problems, and uh, have some fun. Well, let's uh, let's start with life, which is usually backwards in our pecking order. But um, that's weird that you did say that it's the last show of twenty three or twenty twenty two before we hit twenty twenty three. So let's just recap. Like, uh, was it a good year for you? I mean, for me, we we started a podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, I got out of the army, which is bananas. You know, looking back at eighteen year old us, we were going to do a thousand years in the army and your old crusty ass will, but I'm a free man with a beard now. And so that was a huge, uh, life-changing thing for, for me and my family. And so, yeah, I think it's been a pretty good year on, on my end. What about you? Yeah, it's been certainly an interesting year. So, uh, we left, um, college station. So did my, uh, grad degree at old, the Texas A&M university, um, had a great time there. Uh, but took basically kind of a two-year hiatus from the Army. Didn't have to do really anything related to it. Now I'm back in the Army and all of the joys and or struggles that come with that. But it's been a great, we've been a great time. So I'm still in this like pseudo student status. So nothing too crazy hours wise. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it's been a good year. Um, I've done, you know, family and I and with, our families together have done a lot of stuff this year. So it's I was, been a I lot was of just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say that we, we really took advantage of being like what, five, six hours apart. We've met several times halfway, drank a lot of beer, hung out. Our families are, are tight across the board. You know, you and I are best friends, wives are besties, kids hang out that, you know, we've endowed two of our kids to be married one day. So that, uh, you know, our Christmases are going to be lit. So that's going to be great. Um, and you know, let's get into some sports and this is probably uh bad. Cause you know, I imagine 
people listen to this podcast for like eight minutes and they're like, oh, these guys are freaking idiots. So uh, let me continue. So we probably should lead on our best foot, but we're going to start tonight by something up your alley and tell me about the World Cup. I think it's finished. Is it finished? I honestly have no idea. I heard you mention Argentina. That is a country. I assume they play soccer. Tell me more. Yeah, the World Cup is over. Uh, so it was um, in a lot of ways – it was a very controversial World Cup, as we've talked about before. Just the selection of Qatar. I will say, I watched, are they halves? Do they call them halves in soccer? Yeah. I watched one half of a World Cup game, and it was when America lost. So, mm-hmm. United States, was it England, right? We lost to England? No, we, we tied England. Oh, okay. Hold on. Who did we play? We lost to... Um, and we beat Iran. We uh, the Netherlands. We lost. That's right. Okay, so I watched the second half of that game, and I was like, "Well, that was fun." Never doing that again. And then, uh, yeah, I, I will say it was exciting. I thought we were going to pull it out. It's like America clutching shit. Let's go! And then we lost. And then that was my FIFA experience for 2022. So, tell me about Argentina. Yeah. So, uh, for you know, you probably never heard of him, but there's this guy named Messi who a lot of people think is one of the greatest, Leonard? the greatest. Uh, Leonard? No. Uh, Lionel. Lionel? Uh, one of the, yeah. Oh, for real, for real? Yeah. That's Lionel, bro. Yeah. His name's Lionel. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, he is, he was on, you know, Parks and Rec he's, before, but now he's, he's di- uh, yeah, distant cousins of uh, Lance Leupold. Yeah. Anyway, so Lionel Messi, uh, uh, so he's older, he's 34, so he's about, you know, you're my age. He's pretty much, he's on the tail end of his uh, soccer career and never won the World Cup. And so a lot of people were rooting for them in that. Um, the one thing that they forgot about was that Argentina as a team is one of the like worst uh, sports, like, they're just one of the worst sportsmen, uh, like a team that everyone can hate absolutely with a, a burning passion. They're just a dirty fucking team. And I mean that not to uh, as, you know, them being Argentinian, but just being total sacks of shit and uh, like uh, give a great example. So in the finals game against France, uh they basically Argentina chokes away the lead twice. And in the second time when Francis has a kick to tie penalty kick to tie the game, the players, the Argentinian players are literally going over and like tearing up the turf where the French player is supposed to place the ball to take his kick with the hopes that he will slip when he takes the kick. That's the kind of like players. Yes. Gee, they're like, like that's the kind of dirty sons of bitches they are. Um, in the Netherlands game, uh, they took the ball and punted it at the Netherlands bench. Like um, the Argentinian goalkeeper uh, who um, had took a like a stuffed doll with one of the French players' faces, like through all of the ceremonies of the World Cup, like getting the trophy all that kind of stuff, even the ceremonies in Buenos Aires when they brought the trophy home. 
uh, it had one of the French players' faces like painted on it. And that French player happened to score on him three times, actually four times uh, in the final. So I don't know why he thinks that that's important that he carry around, you know, this like it's just like you're a total piece of shit when you do that. Like you won. You won. Be happy that you won. Don't be a uh, like a mean son of a bitch about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hate them. They're a bunch of racist bastards, too. They were chanting a lot of stuff about the fact that a lot of French players were uh, from Africa or African descent and how they're not real French and all that kind of stuff. They're just total sacks of shit. So uh, be glad you got the trophy because you're never going to be fucking relevant again in soccer. And I'll leave it there. Yeah, tell me, let the hate flow. Uh, I didn't realize O'Lonnell was Argentinian. Yeah, he no plays idea. in I, play, plays in Spain. Played for Barcelona. Now plays for Barcelona. PSG. Yeah, uh, in Paris. Um, but and he's he's teammates with one of the French players, the like the the star French player Mbappe. He's teammates with him in PSG. So that's going to be a weird like reconnect when it's when you do kind of that and you know all those bullshit antics after the game. Like it would have been cool if you just shook your hands and said, "Hey, good job! You got one over on me." It was a fantastic match to watch, but doing all that extracurricular shit is just stupid. I I hate poor sportsmanship. I hate the like the I hate shit talking that's not appropriate. You know, right. like if you're if you're little, if you're a little man, and you have to, you know, I I hate blaming it on the refs. Yes, is there calls blown? Absolutely. Are refs perfect? Absolutely not. But there's there's calls blown every game. There's shit that goes south every game. It's not perfect, but that's sports. And so just own it. And people don't own it. And I hate that. Like I like I said, you know, a couple episodes ago, like I play pickup basketball every day. Uh I played a game today. And just the the amount of like when you're down, guys calling petty fouls that they would never call otherwise. And it's like, dude, yeah. like I want to win more than you. I promise you. But at what cost? Are you willing to give up petty fouls, talking shit, doing weird stuff with, you know, dolls to yeah. get the win? No, just be a better athlete and then be a sportsman about it. So that's a that's one of my pet peeves, dude. Uh, all it makes me want to do, like uh, I've played a lot of soccer in my life. Um, uh, at, you know, nothing at the like up to the semi-professional level, but below the semi-professional level and. Like whenever players do stuff like that, and you know, you probably get this in, in basketball and in other sports that you've played. Like when players do that, all it makes you want to do is just like foul the shit out of them. Like that's all. Like if you if you like for soccer the diving thing where they pretend that there's a foul. If you dive, and you pretended that I fouled you, the next time you get the ball, I'm gonna foul you so freaking hard that you will have to stay on the ground because you're hurt. Like that's, that's like, how, that's like I, how much I hate that. That's like breathing on someone in soccer, right? Like that's like a, you get a purple card. You looked at me too hard. You're out of the game. Yeah. Is that right? Which, okay. Yeah. And Argentina's first goal that they scored, which eventually was why they were able to win the game was a dive. All right. Enough about soccer. Tell me about some golf, though, because you have we don't have a lot to talk about on golf. It's coming. It's coming. But we do have one big, uh, big point to comment on tonight. Yeah. And then obviously the, you know, everyone that wasn't necessarily fixated in on all the different kinds of sports, obviously 
this last week, we got to see Tiger and Charlie in their outing um, and, you know, the dailies and all that kind of stuff, uh, getting to go out there and golf, which was an awesome, awesome scene. I just watched a video right before we got on together of like the, the personalities and the mannerisms of Tiger versus Charlie. It was like a side by side. It got it got me in the feels, dude. It was like he does the you know big swing with a quick a uh, quick snap yeah. back on his follow through, and like the the putter going high with the pump with the uh, fist pump. It, it's like spot on. You know that, that's a different question we don't have to get into tonight. But it's like nature versus nurture kind of thing. You know, like that's that's Tiger Woods genetics, but he also grew up watching the goat. So like the dude has to be the next guy. Like I hope he is. I think that would be cool. You and I grew up watching him, big, big part of my life. And so as an old man now, to watch him grow up and, and you know, take the throne, that would be super sick. But it is cool to watch them compared to each other side by side. Super sick. But also, also a uh, big John Daly Jr. fan. Dude's, dude's living his best life and he's, you know, just in college right now. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so between the two of them, obviously the dailies won last year. Um, interesting that, uh, Woods and Charlie, they haven't won the PNC, which I think that would be kind of the next step. Uh, both played really well and, and finished tied for eight, but I, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think Charlie, when in the interviews that I've seen of him, he has the mentality to kind of take it and devote himself to get to the next level. Obviously he's a phenomenal golfer already, but to continue that. And man, can you imagine what kind of, uh, what kind of NIL deal he's going to get when he goes to college? Hard to, hard to top John Daly Jr. though. And, and Hooters, I mean, just yeah. saying, no, yeah. but you're right. Um, I think it's something to note too, that it's almost like a childhood actor, you know, um, the spotlights on you, you don't know anything but this. And then for him, you know, almost paralleling Tiger and how much expectation his dad Earl had on him. It's like, this dude's a kid and he's not doing kid stuff like riding bikes in the yard. He's practicing 15 hours a day. And so there's, I think there's a fine line that you need to tow to make this guy the greatest golfer of all time. And, you know, not a crackhead in the streets, you know, with daddy problems. So. Right. Yeah. But so tell us the big news. Tell us the big news. Okay, so uh, the Masters, uh, uh, the Masters board of directors came out today and stated that all live golf players are eligible to qualify for the Masters. So obviously that means that you know your previous winners are already in there in Mickelson and DJ. Um, you're gonna, and then you know there was a lot of question marks as to whether or not live golfers would get to play in majors so far all of the majors had allowed them to play the masters was the one outlier really because it's not controlled by the, the other majors yeah and right. it's the masters but i think rightly so you want to see the best field in golf and so all the live players are going to get out there and if i'm honest i really want a live player to win a major because i think the whole like rory being going to being like that petty baby bullshit between him and the shark. I think that, uh, I think it's stupid. So I really want live to win at least one major just to shut people up. I mean, I don't, 
But I do think the the Rory shit's a little petty. Like I'm all about standing on your high horse and saying like I don't agree with this. I think it's bullshit. But don't whine about it. Like be a man about it. Present your facts and say this is what I believe. He almost just seems like he's a crybaby, which you know detracts from the whole ordeal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. they're going to be there. So I, I am looking forward to it. I, I love some spicy shit, especially in, you know, something as mundane to not you and I, but something as uh, mundane as golf. It, yeah. it, I think at, at least, you know, any publicity is good publicity kind of thing. So it's, I yeah. think it'll help the sport of golf. Yeah, absolutely. And as we've said before, or at least I've said before on this podcast, when we kind of broke down, when the live golf thing really blew up, over the summer was, you know, the PGA had a really had a golden opportunity to uh, have this kind of friendly rivalry with Liv instead of this like uh, ex-wife rivalry with Liv. And so, um, but come Sunday, you know, if if DJ or Sergio or somebody like that is in the hunt, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be people that want to tune in just because of that. Sergio can be in the hunt, but he will shit the bed. That is Sergio's thing. And I've been a Sergio fan for a long time, but he ain't getting it done. But anyway, so there we go. We got our golf golf yep. news out, uh, and I, uh, we can move on to bigger and better things. I see you sipping something there. What are you sipping? Uh, well, I am sipping. So I've been on kind of a Christmassy, you know. Hey. Christmassy kind of beer drink thing. And my wife got me, so this is not beer, but my wife got me like Stop. some. Don't, don't take away our friendship in one sentence. Don't do it. I'm drinking a like triple. Uh, okay. Redeeming like quality. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking like a triple of this winter gin with like lime juice and soda water in it it's really good like you you mixed it yourself or you bought it yeah no i mixed it i mix oh, okay. yeah, I, I don't what kind of gin do you like i'm a gin fan i like i like an old juniper plant yeah i think it's a plant yeah it's a plant yeah juniper mm-hmm. yeah what kind of um, what kind of i think that you can never go wrong with hendrix hendrix is a hendrix great, there we go hendrix is a great gin uh if you're going like upper level i'm i'm a i can get into like some some more gin snobbery. If you like Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is on owns Aviator Gin. I like Aviator. Uh, it's cheaper and not ass. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not too bad. But if you get like up there, uh, you can look at like Dram Shambo's Gunpowder Gin, which is an Irish gin, which is really good. Monkey Forty Seven, uh, that's another really good one. Um, but Monkey Forty Seven is, I think, one of the better gins that you will find. And it's not like outrageously expensive. Um, I'm not like one of those crazy people that likes to, you know, I need, you know, Johnny Walker blue or something like that. I, I, I can, I want to enjoy it and not drink something and feel bad about how much it's spent. I spent on it. So what you're saying is you like the old George Dickel, Johnny Walker blue. No, sir. No says I, we like George Dickel around these parts. Yeah. No comment. Never had the dickle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never had the dickle. But all right. So back there's... to beer, sports, and life. Okay, I'm gonna full circle here. I mean, 
Dave gets on his uh, gin tangent. You know, we went from um, soccer, golf to gin, which is uh, definitely the more fringe uh, yeah. parts of this we have, podcast. We have negative listeners now, so thanks, Dave. Um, hey, there are beer that are made and aged in gin barrels, which are quite fantastic. So you get that, like, juniper taste to it, but, you know, made with beer. So speaking I of think beer... That that would be really good. Like just, no, it just is. thinking it's good. of it. It's like really good. I've had obviously in whiskey barrels. I've even had some that's been aged in wine barrels, which we talked about uh, the yep, Boulevard yep. one, but uh, I have not had the gin one. I'll have to keep my eye out for that. Cause I think that would be a really good flavor that I would enjoy. Yeah. And um, you see them usually in lighter beers, obviously uh, it's kind yeah. of like a, a lighter floral fruity kind of thing. Um, I tonight do not have anything that is light, floral, or fruity. I have another mother's brewing company. Uh, we talked about it last week. You and I 100% have to go to Springfield and go to mother's. We've driven by it. It was like, oh, we could have reached out and touched it. We were so close, but they were closed or, you know, the boss said, lady boss said it was time to go. I don't remember what happened, but we did not go there, but we need to. Because they're two for two right now. We, we talked about one last week. This one is a, it's called Winter Grind. It's part of their latte series. And it's a vanilla coffee stout with vanilla and lactose. So another coffee stout. It is a Christmassy, wintry time of year and not a more perfect beer. A little bit of coffee, but you have that vanilla bean to it. And then we've talked about lactose in the past on the podcast. Lactose is a non-fermentable sugar. So, you you know, any other sugar you put in there and you throw yeast in there, they're going to gobble it up and shit out alcohol. They do not eat the lactose. So it adds to the texture and the mouthfeel. There you go. But it doesn't increase the ABV. And so it's kind of pure and in its form when you throw it in there. So it gives it like a soft, delicate kind of mouthfeel to it. So you've got that uh, vanilla taste mixed with the coffee, but there's some, some something behind it, little little backbone, little bite. And this beer is just right. Like it's not overdone, just very subtle vanilla, very subtle coffee, but it's got some sustenance to it that, you know, makes you feel like it's warming you as you drink it on a, on a cold winter night. So Big shout out to mothers. Uh, it's only six percent, so may have two or twelve. We'll see. Yeah. Would you consider it a dainty beer? Because as you were describing the la- the lactose thing, it, no, like light mouthfeel. The only word that came in my mouth was my brain and mouth was dainty. I, I no, only because it's it's a it's a stout. And so, although it is lighter for stouts, like it still has that body to it. And so, you know, where you where you slam a Miller Lite, you know what a Miller Lite is. It's 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 crisp, it's clean, it's light, it's it's off your palate quickly. This kind of hangs around, it lingers, it feels like it's got some, like it goes to the gym kind of thing to it. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I have a. Um, you know, as you everyone knows, we are suckers for some good names of a beer. And Carbach Brewing Company down there in Houston, Ooh, big fan of Carbach. Yep. And they have one that I am, uh, I wish that I could get more of up here, but it's called You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. 
Y-U-L-E, <laughs> Christmas That's lager. Uh, it's got the got the the lamp on it from a Christmas story and all that kind of stuff. It's a good beer, but I'm a sucker for a good name. And uh, you'll shoot your eye out. That gets gets me there. Just your typical like kind of spicy. You get some allspice and some cinnamon in there. Not too much. Okay. It's very much kind of a beer's beer. Uh, but the the name makes it more Christmassy maybe than the flavor. That's all that matters. I mean, we've talked a hundred times about a label will get us. And if you know me for five seconds, you know that I love puns. And there, you can say, I think they're clever. Some call them childish. Shits I not give. I love a good pun. So I would literally buy this off the shelf just because of the name. And I love Carbock. I think, uh, what is their um, lawnmower? Yep. Lawnmower, right? That's Fancy, that's fancy lawnmower. Yep. Yep, one of my favorite beers on the planet. So Carbach, uh, very good brewery. So, yeah. well, let's, football. There we go. Let's. Uh, we're transitioning, folks, now into your regularly scheduled college football programming, and uh, we can talk <laughs> about the old bowl season and how it's going for us. Yeah. So, before we get into kind of recapping the bowl games thus far. I think I'm losing, but not by much. So give us the, you know, we talked about on the, on the live uh, Instagram live that we did. Uh, we talked about the, what did we, what did you call it? The Bolapalooza or some shit? Bolapalooza, I think it was. Okay. I like uh, it. Yeah. So on, it's the bowl game the... pickle. Yeah, it, it, it rolls. It's uh the bowl game pickle. Been doing it for a decade. And the first time you and I've done it together, we got a tight one. We got a tight one. I think I'm down 10 points, but it's early. That's correct. That's correct. So um, I have picked so far. So let's see how many bowl games are we in uh, with one still to go. Um, that's finishing out tonight. We have a total of 10 that have been played 11 that's being played right now. I have picked seven out of 11 money line. Correct. Dak is sitting right at 500 with six out of 11. Um, so correct. But because of the genius of the game here, um, yep. the, the scores are very close. So I'm at 138 points total. Dak's at 128, mainly because one of the games that I lost the pick, uh, he had ranked very highly with his uh, weighting and um, so yeah, so it it's been fun so far. We'll see how it how it pans out. And that's the that's the beauty of it too. Is like you you think you've got it, but okay, oh, cool, you've got three points on it, and I got thirty six, or vice versa. Um, you know, we were we were both figuring that Jackson State would win. Side note, neither of us thought that Prime was going to be there, which is kind of weird to me. I think it's weird to most people that he's not in Colorado with his new team. Uh, but neither here nor there. He was there, and they still lost, so it really didn't make a shit. But you put – was that your 42 game? It was. It was. Jackson so State. All the marbles, Dave lost that, and I also picked them, but I lost much less. So right. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful dynamic. It's a beautiful game, and so we've got a lot of bowl season left. So anything surprise you from you know our first uh, week or so in bowl season? 
except for everybody sitting out and coaches rolling out and people not actually giving a shit about bowl games. I digress. Uh, I think uh, one thing that was surprising to me, we both had picked Oregon State to win against Florida, but absolutely dominated Florida. Oregon State, the Beavers came in there and uh, really destroyed them in Las Vegas. And good, good on Oregon State, man. That's a that's one of those marquee wins for a a team that, when you're looking at the Pac-12, at least currently as the Pac-12 sits, not the Pac-12 as it's going to be in 2024, is probably mid-tier at best. Um, certainly for like attracting recruits and getting a win over a big SEC school like Florida, albeit without you know some key players, is still something they'll hang their hat on. We will forget who played in that game, but they will not forget, and I promise you we'll pitch it recruiting. This team beat the SEC, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, side note, as our post a month ago suggested, never underestimate the power of the beaver. Right. Exactly. 100%. Um, it's a, uh, you know – Kind of a gnarly, like gangly animal that you got to be careful. That some bitch will get you. All right. So, anyways, moving on quickly, um, we've got some games coming up. Obviously, this week as we get towards the Christmas holiday season. And um, if you want to kind of give me your thoughts, what is one of the bowl games that are coming up maybe in and around Christmas area that you are most interested in watching? Well, that's tricky because with the game that we play, I'm interested in watching games that I have big points on that you don't so I can beat your ass. And then I'm also interested in actual football games. So um, I'm looking forward to the Baylor Air Force game. I think I put quite the marbles on that on December 22nd for Baylor to win. I don't remember what you put. I think you also agreed with me on that though. So I may not uh, get a lot of ground. Yeah. We're, we're even on that. I have it as 37. You have it as 36. Okay. So as I was, um, but besides that, obviously I'm looking forward to Arkansas playing Kansas on the 28th. I think, um, I think that should be a good game. I think that Arkansas rolls there, but, you know, Kansas has surprised us a lot this year. And then uh, going a little past that, there's several games starting on the 29th that I'm looking forward to. I think it's, yeah, 29th. When's Florida State, Oklahoma play? play? Yeah, 29th. Okay, yep. Okay, so looking forward to that game. I think, um, you know, is Norvell the truth? Is that team really – Killing it. You know, they started slow. Now they're number 13 at the end. Got a good bowl game. But they're playing Oklahoma, who I just don't think necessarily deserves to be recognized that highly. You know, are they snubbing Florida State to play Oklahoma? Or do they think highly of Oklahoma that they get to play Florida State? Now, I tend to take the former here. I don't think Oklahoma should be in this ball game. I don't think that they're the team. I think they could be the team and maybe will be the team. But you know, don't live on past reputation in the name alone. Uh, past that, I think Washington, Texas, again, kind of same thing. Where are your pretenders and where are good football teams? Uh, Bijan has declared for the draft. Texas is just a name. 
Um, but are they going to get it done? I don't know. So, uh, and then the last one that I'll talk about, and I'm probably still in all your thunder, which is perfect. I love it. Last one I'll talk about is the orange bowl. Almost on the same note here. I think Tennessee's the truth. However, they're missing their best player and they're playing a Clemson team that probably isn't the truth. And so they come into this season. Now they're number seven in the country. They have looked like kind of ass all year. They're not the Clemson of old. Could this be a, a brawlum kind of game or is one team going to dominate the rest? So there, and I just need to say about 20 other ball games and then you can't say shit. So. Yeah. Thanks for taking like pretty much all of the marquee matchups. Yep, uh, that's welcome. very helpful. Um, hey, I Minnesota will... Syracuse might be a really good game too. Sure. Um, <laughs> I will. I do think one that you uh, that I'm interested in is the Gasparilla Bowl being played down there in Florida. Okay. So uh, I think the Missouri Wake Forest, uh, Missouri really closed on end of the season, had a very positive like end of the season. Obviously, came away with a win over Arkansas. Very close. Should have beaten Georgia. Um, have a chance to have a really marquee win against Wake Forest, a good Wake Forest team. So I think that one's intriguing. Uh, I think in addition, uh, the one game that you did forget that I think is also interesting and goes along with kind of what we've said is South Carolina, Notre Dame. Oh, right? touche. Yep. You're right. So, uh, who's the real deal is Beamer ball really back. Or is it going to be the Fighting Irish to take the take the day there? Um, I don't know, but it's it's a it's an interesting matchup. And then, as I, always, um, you know, what player or players that have hit the transfer portal or the moving out that aren't going to be involved are going to impact this, right? So we know for Clemson, DJ is in the transfer portal. Uh, we know for Oklahoma, they're starting quarterbacks in the transfer portal, which, by the way, if we were going to go on and we list out, maybe we will later on. Obviously, first-year coaches that did the best, that's pretty easy, Sonny Dykes. Uh, first-year coaches that had the most underwhelming season, Brett Venables has to be up there. I mean, what a poor performance uh, for Oklahoma to not even be in the hunt you know, in the later stages of November and December. Um, so, yeah, they're really Expe disappointed Expectation there. management. Expectation management. We talked that when we, we hit uh, the over-unders and all the Big 12 teams, and the line on that was what, it was 10, I think, 10. which is 10. bananas. And we knew that, like, that was – if I could have bet the house on it, I would have. Like, that's just unrealistic, and it's all about expectation management. I don't think he had a bad season. He had an okay season, and that's a building season. And so now the challenge is convincing dudes to stay, convincing recruits to come. Hey, yeah, this is not the Oklahoma that you're used to seeing, but we're going places. And so that's that's the new challenge of, of college football in 2023. And just not to belabor the point, but how difficult do you think it is for Oklahoma – when they struggle this year against in the Big 12 and they're recruiting teams, recruiting players 
knowing that they're going to the SEC and a player singing, hold on a second, you can't even buy for a Big 12 title, yeah. much less. Like, you're going to the SEC. I don't want to play for a scrub team. So do you think this impacts, with that thought process, that impacts recruiting as these recruits are looking forward, is if I hang around in the 2024 season, I might be uh, playing for a middle-of-the-pack at best team. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it is culturally instant gratification. And so we look at the now and we go, you didn't get it done, bud. I'm going to go to a place that did get it done. I'm going to go to a place that got it done and I'm going to start. So, you know, those are probably questions that are high on players' minds. Will I start? I need time on the field Two. Are you going to get enough wins that I get TV recognition deals, et cetera? And three, am I be going to am I going to become a prospect for the NFL? And if one of those check marks doesn't hit, they're probably looking for another school. And so that's a that's a scary point for Oklahoma going forward. Now, pump the brakes. You know, you and I are quick to say, "Hey, you got to give a guy time." The dude's never been a, a head coach. Comes from good stock. Has a lot of accolades under his belt inherits a household name football team just just slow down he'll get it there or he won't and you'll never draft so you know hey roll the dice this is his first coaching job right first head coaching job for right uh he's been the dc uh he's obviously got talent um but we will see and for a storied franchise like ou he is definitely going to start the next season on the hot seat. And which is bananas. He, yeah, it is. But they are some fickle, fickle sons of bitches out there. And both Brett Venables doing poorly in his first year and the fact that USC did so well makes his job even harder, in my opinion. That's a good point. So, All right. Enough Last... on OU. We don't want to rub the noses of our Oklahoma fans of the show in the dirt too much longer. So um, any other final points here for college football? Yeah. So one more thing that I want to hit on before we, we roll out of college football, and that is the UNLV Rebels. They have some coaching changes. So they got a new coach by the name of Barry Odom who was Arkansas's previous defensive coordinator. Long overdue. We all expected it at Arkansas that he was going to snag a coaching job. Honestly, we're just waiting for our offensive coordinator to bounce as well. Uh, But he's the head coach of the Rebels now. And he has a new offensive coordinator as well. And that swift fellow goes by the name of Bobby Petrino. I love the hire. I love it. I think it is genius for UNLV. I don't give a shit how much they paid these two. Barry Odom, obviously been a head coach before at a big-name program. Um, showed his worth at Arkansas as a defensive coordinator. I think he did really well. Earned himself a head coaching job back. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, one of the best offensive minds in football. I don't. That is not a homer statement. Petrino is a, a freak. He is an offensive coordinator. Till he dies, 
uh, going to UNLV with them. So I think that's a great hire. And hey, watch out for the Rebels next year. They're gonna they're gonna do some shit. Yeah, they're definitely gonna be a team that's gonna throw up some points for sure, and uh, probably a good balance, right? You got a head coach that's very defensively yep. minded, but he'll he knows that Petrino's coming in. He's not gonna need a ton of oversight unless that oversight is included with his off uh, off the clock activities. So, um, you know, you can kind of let him run away with the offense. It was written into his contract, no motorcycles. No mopeds, no interns. No blondes, yep, yep. Uh, so watch for the Rebels. So, all right. Let's bounce to some professional football. A lot of – this is a wild-ass week. Wild-as-fuck week in football. Um. So where do you want to start? Because there's just some crazy shit we need to hit on. So I think, well, let's recap some of the more uh, interesting and uh, potentially like depressing uh, games that happened last week. So, oh, depressing. All right. I see where you're going. Yeah. We had some really like astounding wins that kind of shift the landscape of the playoff picture. Um, looking at like the lions winning and then also looking at the Packers kind of keeping their playoff game, playoff dreams alive. You've got other teams that are clinching the playoffs. So the bills, Eagles, Bills, that was a big game. Yep. Yep. Bills, Eagles, Cowboys, Cowboys, even with a freaking loss. Cause they're, we can go into it. I'm not over it. Please, please uh, do. And then obviously we'll save the best for last. And that will be the Patriots Raiders game, which was not anything special. Oh, but but is life. is that the best game of the week, though? Is that the most banana shit out there? I I might argue with you. And well, let's just get into that. I will pitch this to you: Is Matty Ice the biggest choke artist in the history of football? Let me just before you answer and you're thinking on it. Let me hit you with some stats. He has blown the biggest leads in the biggest international game. This week, he notches the belt for biggest regular season game. NF champion, uh, NFC championship game. Oh, yeah, and oh, by the way, the Super Bowl. He has all of the accolades to be the biggest choke artist quarterback on the planet. Dude's got a lot of talent, been around a while, has a lot of good things going for him, but that's probably not what he's going to be remembered by. Yeah, this one is tough for me because while I acknowledge that – so I'll, I'll pitch it to you this way. I think there's correlation, not necessarily causation here. Uh, yes, Matt Ryan is, is common between all those statistics, but at the same time, he is not – the uh, be and or at least in this specific game, the be all end all in those situations. I think the only reason that you can give up that big of a win to me is a coaching issue uh, for just uh, across the board, because it's strictly the inability to keep your team disciplined in the right moments. You're up 30 to three and you said, nope, no way we're going to just walk off into the sunset. And guess what? That's not the way it works. You have to keep going. 
the Minnesota Vikings are also kind of, I mean, they're a team that has been, lived on these kind of games. Wasn't it 33 to zero at half? Oh, 33 to zero. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, I don't know. And you and I are big proponents of momentum, right? And the, nothing says momentum matters like this kind of game because mathematically, and there shouldn't be any way that a team comes back except for momentum. Because when a team gets it in their head that they're, they have a chance, or when a team gets it in their head that they can't do anything right, things just don't come together. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was affecting Matt Ryan's mind, but his players around him. Hey, this dude has done it before. Oh, God, there's a touchdown. Oh, my God, that's another touchdown. Wait, is this about to happen? Oh, it is. Oh, God, we're losing. What, what just a, a ball game? You know, and yeah. so the momentum plays to that. And so, uh, dude, we, you and I were texting like it was in the bag. It was like Jeff Saturday playing on Saturdays. This is his thing. Like, give him the crown. Yep. Yep. That happened. And before we knew it, it's like the Vikings had won the football game and crazy shit. I think that's a great point you made about the sidelines because. And I'm assuming that NFL players are like this, but like mil like in the military, we are very superstitious about certain things, right? Uh, there's certain things that you don't do prior to you know going out. There's things that you make sure you double check, triple check, blah blah blah. Um, and you you might be right. Like in the back of players' minds, I'm sure on the sidelines it went in their head like this dude's a cancer. This dude is like he's just bad juju, right? He, these things keep happening to him, and I'm on his team. That's a that's a really interesting point, and I, I yeah, it's, it's, honestly I wouldn't doubt it. It's a mentality instead of instead of looking at it going Matt Ryan is going to lose this game for me. How can I win? People naturally go. Well, there's nothing I can do. He's already lost this game for me, and then that creeps in. So, yeah, that that's like a humanistic, uh, so you know, sociological aspect of the human, which is fascinating to me. But nonetheless, I mean, he's blown, you know, twenty-eight to three New England at Atlanta Super Bowl. Right. Uh, I mean, they were up a ton against the Dolphins a few years ago. Even you know, more recently. I mean, this is his first crazy loss with Indy, but you've established that pattern and, and you wear that, you wear that badge on your shoulder that says this dude will lose big games at, you know, that we're winning outright. And then it happened again. Crazy. 33-0, dude. It, it really reminds me and it kind of it makes me feel for the guy a little bit, uh, but I think about the you know the lieutenant or whatever who on whatever field problem that you got whatever training exercise that makes a big mistake and gets his unit killed or you know makes a huge mistake and gets the patrol lost or whatever and then coming back in and having to go back to work with those same people the next day you know that checking back in coming back to practice and stuff like that Everyone's looking at him, even though he himself, like the defense also let, you know, 30, whatever, nine unanswered points go ha go in. 
But people are looking at him saying, dude, how did you let this happen? Two points on that. I completely agree. The defense allowed that many points, 100%. Um, I don't know how many times we've said, you know, the leader is the leader. And no matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent, the leader is at fault, right? And so if you take that mentality, which you and I have, whatever my platoon or company does or fails to do is a direct reflection of my leadership. Boom, you have to own that. And then, you know, secondly, <laughs> we had a guy, <laughs> you just said the the land nav thing. We had a guy, we were at a field problem and we were coming back and he was a brand new second lieutenant and commander said, hey, take us back home mistake and he was to land nab the whole you know mounted convoy back to the cantonment area and we ended up in the impact area and uh we had to turn around we were three-point turning all of our vehicles and like hey we can't go there you know dave's people field artillery are shooting rockets at us uh so for to this day he was known as land nav lenny and uh the names stick with you. So it's, you know, it's like a first impressions kind of stand thing. And so, you know, he's the, he's the choke artist and that's the badge that he wears. And, you know, I, I agree. I feel for him. That sucks, but I, I like it or hate it. I think he has to have the title as big, biggest choke artist in sports, at least uh, the NFL. Yeah. Um, to quote my, uh, my grandfather who was a great human being. Um, Great patriot. He said, uh, it takes a lot of attaboys to cover up for one oh shit. And uh hey, that's Ryan, so great. Matt Ryan, uh, he's got a couple of shits that's sitting in his back pocket. He's got he hasn't quite covered up for it yet. Yeah, he may be adding a boy in from the uh announcers stand soon. So yeah. All right. What else stood Our- out to you this week in uh the NFL? I mean, my Bill's got a big win. Yep. Uh, Great you got to credit, got to credit Tyler Bass for, a you know, a tough kick in shitty conditions. Dudes were out there literally wiping the the snow away. We did get the snow. It was, it was expected early on, but it, it showed up and I love a good smash mouth football game with shitty conditions. And, uh, you know, I can't believe we haven't seen it as a meme, but Tua sitting over there with his parka thing on and he was, right. he was bundled up like a mother trucker dude. Like, he was out of his element from Hawaii to Miami, Florida to holy shit, I'm in Buffalo. And uh, he got a taste of it and they got the win. I thought it was a great game. Um, but I, I want to bring up the point because you and I were texting with our, you know, our, our boys about towards the end of the game, the running back went down. Was it Singletary? I don't know if it was Singletary or not. I think it was Singletary. Yeah, it may have been. Singletary went down at like the one or the two so they could burn clock and then put the hands in well, the foot for Tyler Bass. Uh, you said you don't like when running backs do that. I kind of counted and said, hey, I get that. I'm all for the glory and the and the, the six points, but a win is a win. So tell me more. Yeah, I, I think, and there is a lot. I mean, it, it's a judgment call for sure. Um, obviously, a judgment call for the player, heads up to be able to do it on the field. And I think you got to look at the situation. And and so I said in that circumstance, in that environment where, you know, there's snow all over the field, 
icy conditions, winds blowing all over the place, you know, taking a 20 yard, 25 yard field goal, gets a lot more difficult. Uh, and so what I said is in those circumstances, I think you go in, you hand the ball back to Tua with, you know, whatever, 30 seconds left. And you say, hey, go score a touchdown. I, I think just because of the elements there, you know he's not going to be able to necessarily air it out. Uh, I think you 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 make that call. Now, obviously, the Bills have some heartburn. Uh, yep, right, speaking right, of right. the AFC Championship, where they scored, thought there wasn't enough time left on the clock for the, the Chiefs to get a field goal. Chiefs end up getting a field goal, goes to overtime, coin flip, and we all know how the story goes. So I understand it. I just, <clears throat> to me, I, I always think you take the for sure versus the, well, maybe this will. And I think the touchdown is for sure. You're up four, or sorry, you're up seven at that point. So they got to go down and score a touchdown just to tie. I think there is just smart. Go ahead and get in there because you never know. Bad snap whatever and then all of a sudden we're going into ot and then you are going into the coin flip like are the dolphins going to get it first so to me don't ever take points off the board except in very very specific circumstances like you got pat mahomes and the chiefs on the other sidelines and you're just willing to to milk the clock it's it's easy to say after the fact it was a great play call. I, I like your point, though, the conditions. If it was a sunny day in 65 and you hand two, uh, the ball to throw to Cheetah and Jalen Waddle, okay, maybe different circumstance. But you're right. It was snowing. I, I like the weather call there. But, hey, it worked out. Tyler Bass, dead center, Bills win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I we haven't talked about yet but is I think is worth noting Texans, you know, Lovey Smith, you know, he he's he's been around the block as a coach. Yeah. But damn it, the Texans are one and twelve and one, which is ties are just stupid NFL. Let's just settle that. Uh but anyways, they, and they, they should two, they should have a they should have a thing like like NHL where you have like a shootout, you know? Yeah, kickoff. Should be like, uh, you have a kickoff with your kickers, start from the 35, move back five yards every time. Last one to make it wins. Oh, that would be wild. I never thought of that. I was thinking of like one lineman, one center, a linebacker, and a quarterback, and you just fucking like gladiator style throwdown. That would be great as well. That's more for the XFL. We'll That's right. Yeah. The, we'll get you on the horn with uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, but, anyways, um, the Texans. Talk about no quitting in them. Last week, go down to the wire with the Cowboys. The Cowboys score uh, with like 30-some-odd seconds left to win. They go to OT with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs only end up with a field goal. Um, the culture, if I'm a Texans fan, obviously this <laughs> this season's a wrap, but I like the culture down there. The fact that you don't just lay over when things are going bad, and and just roll over. I mean, I like that that you're willing to fight all the way to the end in December. Yeah, you've got the fight and a really good draft pick. So <laughs> things might be looking up for the Texans next year. I like it. 
All right. Um, uh, last last thing, maybe uh, on the NFL. Did we just witness the worst and dumbest play in the history of the NFL? In the history of the NFL, I'm going to say no. Not the dumbest, worst play in the history of the NFL. Um, but you're going to have to give me a second on – I got to look back into some Cowboys lore here and see who we were playing when our offensive lineman uh, – Break out your reading glasses. Leon Yunlet. Oh, okay. I know exactly what play you're talking about. Yeah, okay. That's yes. up there. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That was okay. a that was a Thanksgiving Day play, wasn't it? Yes. Thanksgiving Day, 1993. Uh still being played in Texas Stadium. So uh Leon <laughs> Lett uh against the Miami Dolphins. Cowboys are up. All they have to do is milk the clock here. And um Dolphins punt. Leon let the ball just kind of settles at the one yard line. No one had to touch it or anything. Leon let who was a, uh, who was a lineman decides that he needs to dive on this ball and pick it up. He's not the uh, most like spry of characters. As a result, he touches the ball. It subsequently like fumbles squeaks out from under him and the dolphins pick it up for a touchdown and end up winning the game. So I think that is the worst single player NFL game ever because it, it mattered uh, in the, in the grand scheme of things without loss. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, The butt fumble comes to mind. And then beyond that, uh, our guy, Pat Pat McAfee, um, that play comes to mind where they were going to punt yeah. Yep. And then they they swing the whole uh they shift the whole line and it's it's him and a center versus three dudes they didn't shift. Like someone should have called a timeout. It's like, hey, this 180 pound punter is not gonna get it done. But they snapped the ball and it was a it didn't work out to say the least. So that one's up there for me. But I don't know, dude. This was bad. This is, you know, you and I talked about this is uh J.R. Smith kind of shit where it's like did he realize they were tied and just needed to fall down and and maybe extend the game? He says, I watched the the interview and you know, God, I feel for the I feel for the players that have to take the interview after that. Cause obviously this guy right hasn't on the taken, chin. he hasn't taken too many interviews in his life. He's a special teams player. So uh and he said, I was just trying to do too much. But do you know the first dude he, threw it back? The first dude lateral to him, and no one's interviewing that guy because yeah. in and I we said it in the heat of the moment, like he's just running down the field, and all of a sudden he catches the football and he's thinking, has a half second to be like, oh shit, I thought we were tied. Fuck, I guess I'll throw it. And then yeah, those neurons were not firing quick enough. He received the ball and he's like, shit, I guess we're doing this. Where the I am not tracking, but now I am. And then he he sent that son of a bitch and right into the hands of Oakland. Oh, right into the hands of Vegas. Yeah. And uh also, even if even if like the defender isn't there, you're throwing it to Mac Jones. 
that son of a bitch is slower than molasses in January. He's not going anywhere fast. He's built for comfort, not for speed. And uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what he was going to do. I will say that I don't not sure what was the worst effort. Was it the the lateral backwards for 18 yards or was it Mac Jones trying to make a tackle? Because he basically laid yeah. over, laid on his back and just like whatever happens, happens type thing. Yeah, that was, a, you know, we call it like the Swiss cheese model, right? Like Swiss cheese. You can take one hole, but that that cheese is going to block the next one. Every now and then, all those Swiss cheese holes line up, and it's just a shit show. And that's what happened. A lateral to a, oh, shit, I guess I'm lateraling too, to your quarterback's trying to make a tackle and got his face stiff-armed off. And it's crazy. I, I mean, I think it has to be at least up there for the worst plays of all time, especially considering they were tied. It, it is 100% going to be up there. And uh, I do think – for a quarterback, you know, and we've been on this leadership train tonight for a quarterback that uh, needs to kind of prove himself. Yeah, that could have been it. That could have been it, right? You stick that guy, you put your helmet right in that guy's chest. Even if he shugs you off, you know, you earn a little bit of credibility there. Laying on your back and like trying to trip him but so you don't get a boo-boo, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. All right. So uh, we know that Jack is a big Baker Mayfield fan. Here we and, go. And, you know, there's a, there's always, there's a, a big thing that we know as betters is you never bet with your heart. Because you'll make whatever line that you want will make sense to you with your heart. And uh, Jack's got a story for us about that. Well, it's not much of a story. I I watched him last week. I was in awe. Uh, as I've said several times, I, I pull for Baker. I hope he does well. He's got the heart. Wears it on his sleeve. He's an emotional motherfucker. And he wants to win. And a little rough around the edges. Needs some hum, humble pie. But... He got it done. Sean McVay's on his shoulder telling him how to play and, you know, coaching him up. And so I thought they were going to cover this week. I didn't bet money line. I didn't bet him outright. I just thought they would keep it close. Boy, was it not close for a second, like a millisecond, like a nanosecond. I was like, okay, we're alive. We're alive. Nah, didn't happen. Uh, I don't think he looked bad. Side note, I think he looked like, you know, an uh, inexperienced quarterback who didn't know his players that well. It wasn't the uh, love at first sight that we saw two weeks ago kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a ball game, and so I lost my ass. And I bet more units than I normally would because I bet with emotion. So don't do it. Don't bet on players to carry teams and don't bet on your team to win a certain game they shouldn't because you'll probably lose. And Vegas knows best, so. There you go. I suck. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to him either. He sucks too. We're not even sure why we're here, but we're still going to give you advice nonetheless. So what's your pick of the week, asshole? Uh, my pick of the week is totally riding on emotion. And that is... That's um, so great. <laughs> totally riding on emotion in the fact that the Lions still have a chance. 
by all numbers, apparently have a 43% chance of making the postseason. Which God, I hope they do. Like, I mean, how can you not cheer for these guys? I mean, yeah. they are literally a part of the worst sports franchise in all sports of all time. And they're pulling it together under someone like Dan Campbell that everyone can like. So I'm going. They're going to Carolina, minus two and a half uh, at Carolina. I just think, you know, call me nuts. But Carolina, they don't really have a decent chance. Yeah, that too. They don't really have a decent chance of making it. You know, they are down in like the, boy, I hope these seven teams win. Or sorry, these seven teams lose and I win out. And somehow it snows on a Tuesday to try to make it to the playoffs. So I think the Lions, they're going to play with more, more heart. Uh, I think they get it done, and they they cover two and a half going to uh, the Panthers. I like that a lot. Panthers are without a running back that's worth a damn, yep. and I have zero love for their quarterback. And that's not a Mayfield thing. That's I just I don't know that he's the answer either. So I, I no love for Carolina. Don't think they get it done. I like that pick. Um, I'm gonna ride something that I tend to do. And I'm going to take the Saints-Browns over here. And that is a remarkable 31-and-a-half. I think they can sneeze upon 32 points here and like just miracle this shit out of nothing. I mean, you've got a couple of damn good running backs, maybe one of the best, if not the best running backs in the league right now, arguably, running for the Browns and a hell of a backup. I think they could put up three touchdowns easily. And then, you know, maybe uh, the, the the Saints put some points on the board. 31 and a half slow. I can see a, uh, an over here. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at four touchdowns and two field goals between two teams yeah. with, you know, 60 minutes of play. Why not? Why not? Because, look, Dak likes to shit on us. Uh we're not sure why. Could be something he's into. But so, so, so Jesus, not not where I thought you were going. But we did call that the Army Navy over, which hey, has we've got not some happened wins. in a long time. So we're not are we the best betting advice you'll ever get? Yes. No. Oh. Are we the worst betting advice you'll ever get? Maybe. Yes. So why not? Why not? Why not? And that's what you should tell yourself on Saturday as you're like just you're sitting with your in-laws and, and your you mortgage just, and you don't understand why you're there. And, you know, you're like, you know what? I just need something to pull me through. And so you'll throw a couple bucks on the Browns and the Saints hitting the over 31 and a half. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Do it's going to happen. It takes to not have a domestic violence assault charge on you in laws on you. Yeah. If you need to bet the over so that your wife doesn't beat you bet the damn over. All right. That could have been a safety brief in itself, but before we wrap up, I'm going to pitch to you for a quick safety brief 
and then we're going to go drink some more beers and hang out uh post show so you know you ever want to yeah hell you ever want to record with us just let us know you ever want to hang out and drink some beer with us just let us know this is what we if do any, if anyone is listening to this after an hour just let us know <laughs> If you want to sponsor us, just let us know. All right. Give us a safety brief so we can wrap this shit up. Um, I talked about my grandfather. Um, great human being. Yeah. Fantastic uh, person. Uh, just great, you know, great person. One of the reasons why I joined the military. He had this saying. He said, uh, if I had known all the times I would have been in the doghouse in marriage i would have made that a really nice doghouse and uh, that is so good damn the wisdom that is so fire yeah and so let that from a man that i'm pretty sure as all far as i can remember had his a different bedroom than my grandma let that be make yourself a nice ass doghouse during this holiday season when you will probably drink too much, probably cuss too much, and probably pick a fight with your in-laws for their illogical stances on social and political views. And uh, that is not me speaking from the heart in, in any way. So I will leave that there. That may be the best safety brief we've had. Preach. All right, dude. Shall we continue off air? All right. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you later. All right. Later, bro.